What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to the X-Clown Show, your favorite Panthers podcast. We are back. It is a victory Wednesday, to which we all expected going into Sunday afternoon, I think, judging by our podcast from last week. But yeah, I called a win. I called a win. Give me some credit. Did you call a win? I did. I promise you I did. Go back and listen. I got the receipts. We might have to fact check that. <laughs> I feel like all week I kind of like half called a win because I would just be like, I was like, well, I'm not going to go to the game. Like, cause I was, go- I was planning on it. I was like, you know, I'm not going to go to the game. So watch them win. And yeah. then I did. So I'll yeah. take it. I'm I do go- remember you saying that. I'm going to the game this weekend though. So like if they lose that, then it's kind of like, well, <laughs> am I bad luck? Confirmed L. Let's go ahead and just kill the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But you know, um, so big win. Let's just jump right into it, right? So we beat the Saints. Big divisional victory, twenty-two to fourteen. Um, kind of a slow one. Uh, defense dominated. Offense kind of struggled. Let's just get our quick thoughts out there, real quick. Um, Chase, let's start with you. Man, it was a it it, it, it was a win. That's what it was. <laughs> all that matters, and, and and that's all that matters. You know, Al Davis, baby. Um, <laughs> but it was. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trust me. I'm just glad we got a win mm-hmm. under any circumstance. It didn't. It obviously was not a complete game. I mean, the offense was not good at all. Um, I was very happy with the defense's performance, though. Um, I saw people saying like, "Oh, well, like we got gashed by Jameis. He put up 350 yards." Nobody watched that game and felt, "Wow, Jameis put up 350 yards on us." No. Empty, em- a lot of empty calories towards the end meaningless yards um, or things we just ended up making them pay for, you know, like the field goal we blocked, things like that, um, after they had had a long completion, things of that nature. So it wasn't a complete win by any means, but special teams is awesome. Defense was very good. Um, special teams, I give like an A. Defense, I give B plus, A minus. Um, and then on offense, the silver lining is, you know, Lavishka Chenault is, you know, a uh, he's going to be an all pro. So. Superstar. Yeah. Our Debo, man. Our Debo. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's actually better than Debo. So don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess on my first thoughts from Sunday's game, I mean, I think it'd be fair to say that was one of the most impressive games I've seen Phil Snow call in the past you know, a little over two years. I mean, it was, you know, Panthers were staring 0-2 in the face and – or I was staring 0-3 in the face, and you cannot start 0-3 if you want to save your season. So it kind of felt like one of those games where they were going to put all the chips on the table, and I at least felt like Bill Snow and the defense did that because it seemed like they were blitzing like crazy. But yeah. it, also, it seemed like every blitz, like the Saints knew someone was coming, but they, they could not figure out where – like, you know, Chin had the big sack. J.C. Horn blitzed once, got his hand on the ball, led to an interception. Um, so it's like the Saints, who, you know, have one of the better offensive lines in the league, they could not figure out where the pressure was going to come from. So that was really impressive and, and really encouraging, especially after our front seven just looked horrific in week one. They've yeah. had much better games now. So, so that's really, really encouraging. Again, defense looked great. Um, as Chase said, you know, you can look at Jameis having – 350 yards seemed like oh you know that could be concerning but you know he kind of got like 90 of those yards on that lat late garbage time drive as well so mm-hmm. no no really no real concerns there defense was great special teams was great offense was atrocious 
I don't think there's much else to say just like on a surface level from that game. Right. Yeah. Um, I do remember Matt rule coming out at the end of the game and saying that like, we basically, they, or they basically put like all their cars on the table for this one. So like blitz the hell out of Jameis and we run a trick plays all the whole nine yards. Right. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, it, it definitely worked um, besides James's 300 plus yards. But again, like Chase said, a lot of, a lot of, you know, fluff stats in there. But question for you guys is if you like, is this like a sustainable method? Like you think we'll come out against Arizona and just blitz the hell out of, out of those guys? Um, a, a, a more fine tuned offense is obviously going to take advantage of it at some point. So like, mm-hmm. kind of like what you just said, you know, um, let's think about a guy like that. We still have to play twice Brady. Yeah. That obviously is not going to work against Brady. Brady might be the smartest pre-snap quarterback ever. Um, and if he's not, he's like top three quarterback ever in terms of like how he is pre-snap. So, you know, even with their, um, you know, like Brady's offensive line is injured right now, you know, they got some injuries there, but like he, he's one of those quarterbacks that does make his line look better than they actually are. So, you know, against a guy like that, no, but like a less fine tuned offense or quarterback that maybe they feel, um, isn't as comfortable or as younger, I definitely could see it working. You know, I, I could see it working against a guy like Kyler. So let's look at Kyler's like weaknesses. You know, we know yeah. his strengths, strong arm, very creative, very athletic, those types of things. One of his weaknesses is throwing over the middle of the field and kind of just throwing and trusting with anticipation. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that. And, and part of that's just because he's shorter, but there's a lot of guys, him, Russ, certain guys like that, even Baker, honestly, like struggle with throwing to the middle of the field because they don't trust themselves in the pocket and they just don't trust to make those anticipation throws. Uh, and so I could, I could see it working against a, a team like the Cardinals potentially, um, not only because of Kyler, but that team's just a mess in general, but obviously against a team like Tampa, it wouldn't work, but I could see it maybe working against Arizona. Yeah, that all of those are really solid points. I think Sunday's going to be really interesting because, again, both these teams are one and two, and I think both coaches um, are definitely under playoff or bust mandate. So yeah. whichever, yeah. Drops, whichever drops the one and three, again, it, it gets it, – it feels like there is such a big difference between one and three and two and two. Um, the Cardinals have looked like a mess so far. I mean, there's no denying that. I do think, obviously, though, Kyler Murray is by far the most talented quarterback this defense has faced. And I'm sure we'll get to some of this this more later in the episode. But, you know, we know this weather is going to be maybe insane Sunday. You know, we'll see what it's looking like by then. So that could lead to different game plans. And, you know, I mean, I know Marquise Brown had like 15 catches for the Cardinals on Sunday. But, you know, this wide receiver court, I mean, knock on wood, doesn't scare me too, too badly right now. James Conner has not ran the ball well so far this year. You know, we really kind of locked down Kamara after that one early run he had. So, yeah, I mean, I I think I I do foresee another really solid defensive performance Sunday from us. But, again, you know, the the best offenses we're going to face are still ahead of us. You know, uh, Brady and the Bucks, for example. Uh, Yeah, uh, the Rams and, you know, Stafford and Cooper Cup. Got them coming up in a few weeks. And, Lamar Jackson and that gauntlet of a Ravens offense later in the season. So that will be the real test. Um, but, I mean, if our defense, if Kyler Murray put up, you know, 28, 30 points or so, that wouldn't totally shock me Sunday either. So, you know, it's still early and still learning so much about all these teams, really. 
Yeah, for sure. This Cardinals team is is really weird. I'm sitting here looking at the stats from their last game, and Kyler threw the ball 58 times, which is insane. To and like looking at the receivers that he threw to, like Marquise Brown, who I don't rate very highly, but he went off for 14 receptions, 140 yards, and you have guys like Greg Dortch, Andre Baselia, like a bunch of random ass guys out there. So that's a weird team. Definitely missing uh DeAndre Hopkins, but but yeah, um. Saints, uh, let's 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 pivot to the offense real quick. Talk about them and how like pitiful it was. What's you guys' like panic level meter on that? Oh, it's it's really really high. I mean, especially when you factor in how bad they were at the end of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's what's so frustrating is, I mean, the offensive line's clearly been better. Yeah. And and last year we were like, you know, just get average offensive line play, and that alone should make a huge difference. Well. I'm pretty sure our, our offensive line's performing at a league average right now. And I mean, they still, just like Chase said, I mean, again, on Sunday, everything felt like a chore. Uh, McCaffrey ran the ball really, really well. But I mean, anything in terms of the passing offense, like if it were not for that one LaVisca Chenault screen turned into a 70 yard touchdown, I don't think we would have eclipsed a hundred pass yards. And I mean, that's just beyond atrocious for the, the modern NFL. So, and as far as who to blame, like, I think there's, uh, you know, it, it goes around multiple ways. I think it starts with Ben McAdoo. Um, I was watching a little bit of this game again last night, and it just, it seems like they have just a brutal time scheming anyone open. It, it's, yeah. like, it's like McAdoo's wanting DJ Moore to play like Devontae Adams, and we know he is not that sort of player. Uh, so, I mean, I, I hope they readjust this week and figure out a way for these guys to find some sort of rhythm because, man, I mean, it was just ugly, ugly on Sunday. Yeah, it's it's definitely problematic. I mean, like you said, without that LaVisca Chenault screen that went for however long it went, like, I mean, we're looking at a pretty pathetic game, like, through the air, and that just can't happen. I mean, Saints got a good defense and all, but we have to be able to at least – you know, put up a fight. Welcome back, Chase. Thanks. <laughs> I somehow, every time when we start recording, my, like, internet decides to go out. I don't know why. Um, but, no, it's like what you just said. The Saints have a good defense, but – and because it kind of feels like we're starting to do that with every game now, you know, with the whole offense. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's getting frustrating. Like, the Browns game, we were like, okay, the first half was bad, but the second half was good. You know, like, kind of excusing, well, it was the first time playing together. The Giants, you know, maybe his first road game. Hey, they're still getting used to things. Blah, hey, blah, blah. Rush cooked the Giants Monday night. So, yeah, there's really yeah. No, yeah, no excuse. <laughs> no, no excuse for that one. And then as we get to the Saints one, because I found myself doing the same thing. In my head, I was like – I was so down on the offense for a while. I was like, man, this this is bad. And, like, sometime yesterday or Monday, I got to thinking. I was like, well, you know, they made Brady look pretty bad. And, and I was like, but – can't just we if, if we really tried we could make an excuse for every single game you know what I yeah. mean and so exactly. it's like I uh, you know it's like this week it's like well you know offense was bad but the weather sucked right it's like at some point they just got to produce and if they can't do it against the Cardinals it will not be against anybody mm-hmm. yeah and I mean kind of like b- developing news right now I mean it sounds like you know McCaffrey did not practice today and it sounds like there's at least some concern there's doubt yeah Sunday um I think we just had a tweet sent to that group chat like literally I pulled it up as we started 
And it was from Jonathan Jones, who he is as well plugged in with the Panthers as anyone. He said, it's my understanding there's more concern around this quad injury than the previous Knicks that landed him on the injury report this month. So um, definitely something to keep an eye on because, I mean, my first thought was how horrible the offense looked. And they'll somehow look 20 times worse if McCaffrey goes down again. So, I mean, good luck. I mean, we'll see there. But, I mean, holy crap, they need him to play <laughs> And yeah, it, if if it's like anything we've seen the pat in the first three weeks, if we had if we don't have McCaffrey, then I don't. The defense is gonna have it's gonna have to be shutouts. <laughs> yeah, seriously, because like man, it's just been. And at first, when I saw the McCaffrey thing, I was thinking, well, they already said they're holding him out of like every Wednesday, anyways. But mm-hmm. then, like you said, we saw that extra report where this one's actually concerning, and it's like. Good Lord, because, yeah, I mean, you can say, well, okay, Christian didn't have the big play Lavishka did, but it's like I'm sure part of that had to do with the defense being worried about Christian. Um, if you take out the one guy that other teams view as elite, I mean, what do they have to worry about? You stack the box. You just keep – I mean, I don't know. I mean, DJ's not going to out-route you. DJ's a great receiver, but he's not just going to pop open 20 yards wide open, like, of separation down the field. Um, Lavishka is more of a guy that has to get the ball in his hands before he can do anything. It's just kind of like, we don't have Christian. I don't even know what we could even try to get excited for, other than the fact that the O-line's been good. Yeah. And uh, I think it was uh, John Ellis who posted this to Twitter, but it's like, you know, it's just more frustrations with McAdoo early on for me. It's all of McCaffrey's touches, like rush, like, you know, carries are straight in between the tackles. And it's just like, there's so, it's just it's like they're not even trying to get so it's so vanilla at all yeah i mean mean, of course when you're running him in between the tackles he's still producing because he's incredible like the people who say he's like not been good this year he's averaging five yards a carry i mean he is keeping the offense afloat Mm -hmm. uh so i mean it's just it's just really frustrating because when he's running in between the tackles like that he's gonna get hit more um so i don't know man like they they used him a lot on Sunday, and again, I mean, if if he is, if there is something to this injury, like it, it makes their task just twenty times more difficult. I mean, no doubt. Granted, Chuba Hubbard probably his best game as a professional, which the bar could not have been lower. But he did. He made the most. What did of he do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering the same thing. He had that one. <laughs> he had that one play where he like accidentally spun. And fell forward a few yards. Three so, carries, twenty-five yards, eight point three <laughs> per uh, per carry. I mean, I guess that's that's. I guess he had a good one in there, but I, I, like the way Steve reacted was exactly me. I, like Brian, you started talking. I'm sitting there thinking, did I miss a quarter of football? <laughs> what happened? I said he made the most out of his carry. <laughs> he did eight yards a carry. All right, well, all right. Well, I mean, at least that's, we, that's fair. At least we know the bar is literally in hell. the bar is not on the floor the bar is in hell speaking of running backs though Deontay Foreman um I saw a little combo with him earlier but he's been a no-show so far and I feel like that's kind of weird what do you you think it's like we do this same dance every offseason we're like we bring in some new running back and we're gonna be like this is finally gonna be the guy the perfect compliment six or seven touches a game Spell McCaffrey when needed. Because, like, Donta Foreman, I mean, when Derrick Henry went down last year, he was the Titans' main guy. And, I mean, no one replaced Derrick Henry. But I think he still averaged over four yards a carry, which, you know, is is definitely solid. And I was thinking he 
could be a perfect like big physical back to complement with McCaffrey. But yeah. yeah, I mean he's I mean he's maybe getting a couple touches a game here and there, and that's it. So you know, kind of frustrating, but also not too surprising because again, we do this every offseason. Like we either we draft we draft a new running back or um, we get someone in free agency, and you know we're hyped that okay. We're finally going to have like a reliable second option and just never really kind of take shape. Yeah. I guess he wasn't on Matt Rule's wife, uh, scouting board. So <laughs> she unlucky. Didn't, it didn't move the needle for her. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's also the possibility, right? Like we're talking about, oh, you know, like I do agree that some of those guys in the past, like CJ Anderson, people just haven't quite been used maybe correctly. But I mean, there's also the possibility like Foreman just sucks. That's possible, but it can't be that bad. We got Chuba out there, you know? right? Right. Like I've, I would find it hard to believe he's worse than Chuba. And we're Especially... not moving the ball at all. Like it can't be a yeah. bad thing to see what he can do. Can't get that much worse. And secondly, like I feel like the whole thing with Chuba is like, I guess skill set wise, he's a little bit more similar to McCaffrey. Yeah. So it's like, why are we just playing McCaffrey, and then when we rest McCaffrey, just playing an like the shittiest possible version of Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> Instead of like when we rest Christian McCaffrey playing somebody with a complete like that maybe can maybe he can offer a little bit more like you know like CTE carries I don't know <laughs> but like you guys get my point it's like it's like you take out McCaffrey and you bring in Chuba you're not even you couldn't even get anything new and extra because he's basically Christian if Christian couldn't catch was weaker and not as shifty right like he doesn't offer any of the pros that would yeah, maybe come to being different. True. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. So it just it makes no sense, but yeah. Um, so I, mean, I think we've, I guess, kind of last question with the offense here. I mean, I mean, I guess obviously nothing really good, but just I guess it's been three games. I mean, I mean, how are y'all feeling about? I mean, do you think that this pat like the local passing attack? I think it's more of a Mayfield thing, more of like a schematic McAdoo thing, like more of a protection <laughs> thing, like. I mean, just how do y'all – because I've seen it debated on Twitter all week, and I was kind of curious, like, what y'all's stance on that is. I mean, it's – I feel like it's hard to tell. Like, Baker hasn't been good in, in the opportunities in which, like, you would expect him to complete a pass, you know, which right. I feel like have been kind of minimal. But at the same time, I think the complaints that no one is – the scheme is is terrible, I think that's fair. Like, I feel like these guys aren't open – I feel like DJ is just clamped. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I don't think it's a protection problem. Like you talked about this at the beginning. I think the line has been pretty solid, solid yeah. enough to where I would expect, you know, Mayfield, who has been a, you know, moderately successful quarterback throughout his career to be able to do something like, right. So I think right now it's, it's at the top. I think it's a McAdoo thing. Um, but at the same time, I don't think Baker has been good at all. So uh, I mean, I'm not expecting anything to, to change too much going into this week, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I put – if we're talking about discussion of blame with this offense, I blame McAdoo more than anybody up to this point. Personally, personally, I still find it hard to believe that, like, Baker is legitimately, like, just as bad as Sam. Yeah. Um, or even as bad as just any quarterback that isn't a starter, really, because that's what Baker has looked like. I, I know he's missed on some very obvious throws. He bells on some coin pockets. Like, I know that. I see that. 
I still blame McAdoo more than anybody because I feel like he doesn't get Baker any easy confidence throws. Every oh, I know it's easier said than done because there's people on the other side of the ball also trying to stop you that aren't just going to let you get an easy 10-yard completion. But I feel like every offensive coordinator in their back pocket should at least have a few plays a game where you just get a simple, effortless fucking first down. And I feel like McAdoo really hasn't made things easier on Baker. He hasn't made anything easier on DJ. He hasn't maximized DJ. So I blame McAdoo more than I blame anybody up to this point. Um, Baker's gotten off to slow starts before his best season 2020, his first three games. A lot of his uh, like numbers like adjusted net yards per attempt and all these things are very similar to what they were his first three games this year. Mm. Um Obviously, that's you know doesn't mean it's that's he's going to turn it around and finish right. the season with uh, finish the season with twenty six touchdowns and eight interceptions, and you know a pretty damn good passer rating. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. But I blame Mac to do so much more than anybody else at this point. Then I blame Baker. Then I blame the receivers. Then and they look I, like they're dogging out there. I don't know. They, they like, do, man. They do. Like, I'm serious. Like, I know, like, people don't like nuance anymore. Like, that Joe Person article, I do not agree with really blaming DJ. But mm-hmm. people just don't like nuance. They hear, like, somebody say, oh, man, like, DJ could run the route better. And then they, they interpret that. They're like, oh, so you're saying it's not Baker's fault at all? And he's, uh, oh, you're saying it's not Baker's fault and he just <laughs> needs, like, he just needs, like, Jerry Rice out there. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. Like, Baker has been ass. We know that. But I also think McAdoo has been extra ass. And I just think the receivers are lazy. And I don't really – I still don't really think we have a true wide receiver one. Y'all have known my feelings on DJ. And I think if McAdoo isn't going to scheme better plays, you're going to start to see DJ's weaknesses. He can't just get open. Yeah. Uh, Can can we talk about that video that service today, actually? Where it was trying to like highlight Baker like missing all those throws. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about like like what, yeah, like, what yeah. was that? Like, <laughs> yeah, Brian, Brian, you sent it first, like, bro. I, yeah, so so I watched that whole thing, and I think it, I forgot who posted it. Might have been some Browns fan who was trying to say, you know, like Baker's, I guess, leading to the demise of DJ Moore's career. Same There's way, something to do with like Odell. Yeah. Okay, first off, like again, I like DJ Moore a lot. He is a damn good receiver. He has not seen the day he was ever as good as, like, peak Odell Beckham Jr. was. But anyways, yeah, so he posted a <laughs> video of, like, five or six clips from the year, and he's like, look at Baker missing DJ Moore. And, like, at least, like, half the throws, I'm like, there is nothing routine about this throw at all. Like, sure, does Patrick Mahomes make it? He probably does. Does, you know, does someone like Justin Herbert make it? Yeah, he probably does. But we know, like, that's not the player that Baker Mayfield is. And, again, like, it, the tweet was making it seem like, DJ Moore doesn't have anyone within three, like three to five yards of. Yeah, him. he's. I he's mean, clamped. No, like, yeah, there, there's maybe a window there, but it is not by any means a layup of a throw. So yeah. again, and I, I love DJ Moore. I just, I think he's being used incorrectly right now, and I, I yeah. shift most of that blame on Ben McAdoo. I mean, I think Chase summed it up perfectly, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 also I would like to add because I have some people throwing this stat around. Personally, I don't really like to use that yards of separation stat too much. You do got to add a little nuance to it because I've seen people saying like, oh, well, DJ has more yards per like uh, yards of separation per route run than and they'll name like a good receiver who's still producing or something like that. That can be very, very skewed. You know what I mean? Like whether it's playing off coverage, a broken coverage, 
you know, like one broken coverage where you have 10 yards separation, it can greatly skew these numbers. So I really don't like using that number because that assumes every single one of these receivers is running the same route in the exact same game situations every single time. That's mm-hmm. not the case. No, no two games are ever alike. Um, no two receivers roles are ever alike. No two defensive schemes while those receivers are playing those roles are ever alike. And so I don't really like using that average arts. You can use it with context, but if you watch the film, like if you've ever watched any film of DJ Moore, you're not going to walk away thinking like, Oh, well I saw, didn't see him get open much, but since this says he has a lot of yards separation, apparently he's a God. Like, I don't know. I actually just found that tweet. And so it's basically what you said. He says he's creating more separation 2.3 than the following guys who have double his numbers. And it's T Higgins, Michael Thomas, Mike Williams, Terry McLaurin, and Tyler Boyd. And like, I feel like none of those guys are like DJ type of receivers. Like DJ hasn't been good, but like, yeah, I don't like, know. That's like weird comparisons. Congrats yeah. on having more yards per separation than Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. That's actually why we paid you all that money. We were like, as long as you separate better than Tyler Boyd, here's $20 million a year. Yeah. I mean, they got to improve there, but I guess the only thing, like I kind of forgot how this feels, but it's so much easier to be optimistic, like after a win. Like if we had lost that game Sunday <laughs> after that offense performance, we'd be like, we are the worst team in the NFL. But all week this week, I'm like, okay, like the offense sucked, but it's week three, like they can figure it out. Like there's time. Um, so it's just funny. I mean, like again, I mean, may- maybe they start, you know, figuring some things out. But who? I mean, who? Who knows really? Like we haven't seen consistent good offensive play in so long. So I mean, it is what it is at this point. Hey, um, keep this in mind. The uh, Chiefs come to town and uh, for against Tampa Bay Sunday. We play a team we've beaten six straight times. Hey, by 8 o'clock Sunday night, we'll be tied for first in the NFC South. Ooh, think about that. I hope, I hope you're right. Honestly, like, that's the thing. The NFC South probably looks like, you know, arguably the worst division in the NFL. I mean, maybe the AFC South, we'll kind of see there. But, I mean, it, it is there for the taking. Like, we know the Bucks had all those offseason injuries. There was weird stuff going around with Tom Brady. Like, they – I mean, their offense has struggled so far. And, of course, they do without Mike Evans and Chris Goblin for some time. But, I mean, yeah, like, I, I don't think they're as good as they were the last two years. So, I mean, it, it – I mean, no, do I think it's going to happen? No, but that's what's frustrating. Like, if we were getting decent offensive play, like, I could see that window a little bit. Um, I know you're just kind of trying to get as hype or whatever, but, yeah. you know, who knows? You know, like, you don't know, but. Right, right. I mean, there's there's a window there, and, you know, I'm not going to start, like, actually legitimately talking playoff shit, but it's just more so that it more so feeds off your point where it's, like, after a win, it's so easy to be optimistic. I was sitting with my boys watching that game. And, like, we're sitting there, and, like, towards the end of the game, we, like, pull up the schedule on ESPN. We're going through each game, like, win, win, win. <laughs> like, you, you just start thinking of, like, the most – like, we ended up finishing 15-2 and two according, oh to, according, <laughs> according to our assumptions on each game. But, um, no, I'm just messing. But, like, it's just so much easier to look at things in a positive light because now you're thinking, oh, well, we have historically owned the Cardinals. We get this win. Suddenly we're sitting at 500. Then suddenly we play yeah. a then suddenly we play a Niners team who looked god they, awful. They look awful. They look bad, man. And, and then suddenly we play a Rams team who looks like they're still hungover from the Super Bowl. And then suddenly this happens, and suddenly this happens, and blah blah blah. And you're right; it's just so easy to be positive, and I enjoy it. But it's like, you know, 
there will be a crash back down to reality very soon. Maybe this Sunday. Right. I was going to say, y'all are way better than me because I was not, like, feeling that optimistic after that game on Sunday. Just, like, because the offense was so, so bad that I just see, like, there's no way that we can continue to compete if they're going to show up like that. So, that was the way I was looking at it. But, yeah, we'll see. On... So, I mean, we've obviously, like, you know, we've, we've complimented the defense a lot this episode, but any individual performances y'all would like to like to highlight before we kind of, I guess, get into more breakdown for this weekend's game? Individually, I mean, the defense as a whole was just, I mean, you can name a bunch of guys out yeah. there, like Jeremy yeah. Chen bald, Luvu bald, uh, JC was good. Derek Brown got an interception. Hey, I mean, yeah, Jesus, like, hell of a catch, hell of a catch. Offensively, I mean, I guess just shout out to the O line. Like they're kind of holding their own. They're starting to gel a little bit. Icky looks pretty good. I mean, he has his slip ups like any rookie left tackle will have. But I mean, I'm content with those guys. I think they're a solid unit, and if they can get rolling, then they look out. And then Chenault, obviously, like get the ball in his hands and just see what he can do, I guess, because he looks like a playmaker. Chase, I thought you made such a good point on Twitter earlier. You are like, JC is going to be that type of cornerback where you're going to forget he's on the field because teams aren't even going to bother looking his way. And we've seen these tweets, like, over the past day or two about just how great he's great he was again Sunday. And mm-hmm. that is hype. That is kind of very hopeful because we've kind of talked about, at least I have, how we just think this roster truly lacks just elite, elite, top-of-the-league type of talent. And if there's one dude on this team that I'm like, yeah, like, he can be top three, top four his position. Like, it's still J.C. Horn. So, um, again, like, have I watched the film from Sunday too closely yet? No, because we know the Bucks put up yards through the air. Like, Olave was killing us. Um, but uh, it does, at least from a surface level, seem like J.C., you know, Morvin did his job on, on Sunday. So that's really, that's mm-hmm. really encouraging. And like, I still think he can just be a monster. So I'm still really, really bullish on, I guess, what sort of player he can be here long-term. Yeah. Did, um, did Brian Burns get hurt on Sunday or something? I didn't hear that. I, I remember I saw that clip of him in the locker room and he definitely kind of seems like he's embraced more of a leadership role this year. So, so that was cool. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Maybe he got nicked up, but I thought he was great on Sunday. He didn't. I don't think he had an actual sack, but no. Nah, yeah, that's why I was just looking and he, he was very active. No, no tackles active. and no sacks. So I was like, wait, that's kind of weird. But like, I felt like he was around the ball a lot. So he was kind of strange. Yeah. No. I basically what, what Brian said. I definitely. I mean, I, I'm the horn thing. Yeah. I mean, it's. I almost forgot. I mean, up until that pick, I almost kind of forgot through part of the game. I know his first two weeks, especially against Cleveland, he wasn't very good. But towards like maybe like mid third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, I kind of sat there. I was like, I haven't really heard from JC in a minute. Then I was like, I also haven't heard from Slant Boy in a minute. And I was like, guess he just has his ass locked up. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, like if JC, like, because they're, 
I mean, that's basically the type of corner. This is a very extreme, but like, that's the type of corner Revis was. Like, you didn't yeah. really know Revis was on the field. Um, there are other corners like a dude, like let's say Champ Bailey, just got an insane amount of picks. You know, it just has to do whether you're playing man or zone. Do you bait the guy? But it's like a guy like Revis. If you're talking two great corners, Revis's style is a little more what I like. I feel like JC would end up emulating, just in the sense where it's like you go a whole game and you're like, shit, I didn't hear his name once. Thank God. Right, you never want to hear his name. Right, I mean it's it's pretty amazing for Jameis to have as many yards as he had, and JC not even allow anything. Like yeah. that's that's crazy. Man. CJ Henderson got burnt, <sighs> or like he met, like yeah, he seems to really struggle tracking a deep ball. Granted, that was a good throw by Jameis. Um, and I, I was listening to the to the roar earlier, and I'll be the first to admit those guys they break down the film a bit more closely than I do, and one of them mentioned that. They feel like CJ should have had safety help there and clearly didn't. So that was a tough assignment. We saw a lot Olave get open all day. I think it was Olave mm-hmm. pass. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's because we heard he got this great offseason and we really haven't seen that yet. Um, I know Dante was nicked up going into the game, so yeah, I, I don't really know how effective he was or wasn't as well. So that I mean that would have been a pretty good this would have been a pretty good game for like the three of them, like our guys and matchup against their three guys. So like Olave, Thomas, and Traquan Smith. So like JC on Thomas, Henderson on Smith, and then have Dante cover Olave, like speed for speed. Yeah. But I'm assuming it ended up being Henderson on Olave, which probably isn't his strong suit going deep like that. So I don't know, that probably might explain some things. Yeah, I mean, that one, I mean, Olave had a step or two, but I mean, it, it wasn't like he didn't get totally fried for a, I mean, for a touchdown or anything. It was a good pass by Jameis, like, mm-hmm. over that back shoulder. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not near as salty about that as I was the just awful pass interference he had in week one. So, it was bad. Was that? No, I was just agreeing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, overall defense was, I mean, Frankie Luvu, I mean, what a freaking fine that guy was. I mean, just, Man. he's a playmaker, like, and he just huge play he made to really set the tone on Sunday. So it's kind of wild how he was a practice squad player on like the Jets, I think, who obviously they're one of the worst teams in the league as of late. And he's one of our, I think he's one of our seven or eight best players right now. I mean, I, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, so. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Derek Brown, uh, a little more in depth. We 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 all have said some mean things about the guy, um, especially Mostly you, especially Brian. I, I know, I know. I, I again, no one will eat crow worse than I do about any of these dudes. Like I, that, I want to see them win. I want to see these young guys develop. So right, like that man. The past two games has been fantastic. He has, like Jesus, he is. He's been awesome. Um, well. You know, of course, we need to see more, but like, I owe you an apology. I was not, I was not familiar with your game, Derek Brown. <laughs> uh, word to my boy Shaq. Uh, he has been awesome. That's been really great to see because obviously we've been suffering on the interior D line for a while, mm-hmm. um, and he he's been incredible the past two weeks, and I I hope he can keep it going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think my thing with, with Brown was always I, I never once say he's a bad player. I mean, he's he's solid. I was thinking like he's gonna be the type of guy like you know maybe we'll trade him for a pick at some point or we'll let him walk as a free agent. He's gonna get signed by like the Bills or Chiefs, and you're gonna see him like being like a really solid piece 
on a team that's already really good around him. But my beef with him was always that, like, we took him seventh overall, and I just I don't see this game-wrecking, like, you know, player that you hope to get in a draft slot like that. But, I mean, Sunday, I think it was the uh, fumble recovery touchdown. Like, he created that. Um, I mean, I, I, he got some really good push there. Uh, then, of course, he had the interception later in the game. So, you know, we're finally starting to see him, like, create these game-altering plays that you hope a guy you take in the top seven is going to give you. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. Like, again, like, nothing against the guy. Like, no one wants to be wrong worse than I do. I would love to have a Derek Brown all-pro season. Like, no one would be happier to admit they were wrong than me. That will be great stuff. Um, all right. So, I mean, should we just kind of get into this Cardinals game a little bit more? I mean, I think we've covered offense and defense pretty yeah. there. Yeah, let's do it. So, so I guess, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in the show, but there's – the weather is going to be a huge wild card Sunday, right? Um, so, I mean, that that could obviously play a factor. I mean, there could be a chance a lot of that stuff's out of, out of the – you know, out of there by the time we kick off because there's a 4 o'clock kickoff Sunday. So, so we'll see how that goes again. Um it does feel like one both teams really, really need. Again, two and two is just so much better of a spot than one and three. Panthers are at home, so it feels even extra important for them. So I think we're like one and a half point favorites right now. And I, I think we win a close one, but my confidence isn't certainly isn't high at all by any means. So I can't really figure this one out. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, if I was – if I was a gambling man, I would definitely just stay away for sure. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead, Chase. Uh, Brad Panovich, you're talking about the weather. Brad Panovich says, uh, where, where is it? Oh, he said he's starting to get more optimistic for late Saturday and all day Sunday with yeah. a dry slot that should allow for, uh, you know, so hopefully weather actually stays a little more clear maybe than some of us have anticipated. Um, and that'll once again, I don't know if bad weather would help or hurt us, but I would like to see the offense put it together, at least have a chance to, finally. So I, I'd much rather have the good weather. But, oh, sure. but We're I definitely mean, built for a sloppy game more than they are. I will say that. <laughs> You're right. We we are. But yeah, the, I mean, I don't know how to feel about this game. Like, I don't want to lean too much on like previous results, uh, predict the future. But it's like, God Every person we've thrown out there at quarterback has killed the Cardinals. Kyle Allen looked like Peyton Manning. Teddy Bridgewater looked like Drew Brees. TJ Walker plus Wash Cam Newton looked like, I don't know, Russell Wilson and Prime Cam Newton. Like, they, like every person we've thrown back there has just looked incredible against this team. The Was defense, that Teddy thing a compliment or – yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a compliment. Like, because we killed him with Teddy. Like, I know we how you are with Drew Brees, Teddy. though. So yeah, I, I, had to, I had to double check. All right, there's levels. Like, there's like Drew Brees slander, but at the end of the day, like, if you told me like Teddy like would play, like I slandered Drew Brees, but if like you said, hey Chase, would you want Teddy to play like Drew Brees for the next 16 games? I'd still say yeah. <laughs> right, like I, you know, it's it's the same as the Tom Brady stuff, right? Right. Um, you know, if, if I want to play with Tom Brady, like, yeah, you could just give me Andy Dalton instead. It'd be the same thing. But, like, still, I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but, uh, but no, a- anyways, my point is, like, I don't want to lean too much on the past because that has no effect on this game. But it's like, God, it just feels like we have their number. And I agree. I think Cliff is a terrible coach. 
either him or rule they're every betting site they're the first two and highest odds to be fired next um I don't know. I, I honestly think we're going to win. Uh, I wouldn't say I have extreme confidence, but I get why we're favored. I seriously just think the Cardinals are a mess. Like, I, 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 if they win more than six games, I'll be surprised. And same can be said for us. But I'm actually feeling good about this game. I think matchup-wise, I, I think we definitely have the battle in the trenches won, mm-hmm. which you can't say very often. But this O-line has been very good. Yeah. Um, between Luvu and Burns and Derek Brown – I even thought Ioannidis seemed okay the other day. Um, he was he was solid. I liked him. Yeah, it, it feels like we can win hey, this battle on the trenches. Sorry, shout out to that guy real quick. Anyways, Chase. Oh, yeah, McCall, awesome. Yeah. It feels like we can win this battle on the trenches, and if there's a chance the weather can get ugly, you want you you, you want to be good in the trenches. So I, I do think we'll win. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. And like you said, the Cardinals are messy. We are also pretty sloppy. But I feel like the difference is that I feel like our guys are kind of – they're playing hard. Um, I It, it kind of seems like they're almost like fighting for rule. They seem like they actually like him being around, which a lot of us might be surprised about. But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's probably not that surprising. But can't really say the same for like Cardinals and Cliff. Like they just look – they look sad. I mean, our offense also looks pretty pathetic. Maybe they're not fighting for McAdoo. I don't know. But, I mean – if it comes down to something like that, then I, I do kind of like our chances. Um, but, if you know, all it takes is 17 points, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking in my head because, man, it takes a lot for me to predict a loss, especially at this point in the season, off a win. Um, I'll say we win 21 to 20. Uh, but but kind of like you, I mean – I, I, if I can pick one or the other, I would rather have solid weather. I mean, I, I think if you're just playing in an absolute, just like driving rain, that increases the chances for just for totally fluke plays one way or the other. And that's yeah. never a fun situation to be in. Like, I do think we can, this is a team we can line it up and just beat on any given day. So, so that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, you know, hopefully if it is bad weather, they can adjust to that. Uh, obviously, you know, when we figure out more about the McCaffrey prognosis, yeah, could certainly shift me one way or the other. He's a huge X factor. Um, you know, Kyler Murray has not been great so far this year, but we know he's a really dangerous player. I'm a big fan of his game. I think he's a good quarterback. So, uh, you know, I, I could see him making some plays and just giving our defense fits because we haven't seen a quarterback like this yet this year. So, it's so hard to know. I think at home, I do like us. Uh, if there's one team that shouldn't invade our stadium, it should be the Cardinals. Like, I've never met one, you know, Air Force <laughs> fan in my entire life. So, you know, maybe maybe there'll be a bit of a home foot advantage for us on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a little confident, but if we lose by 14 points, I wouldn't be remotely surprised either. So, yeah. Weirdly enough, I do agree with that point you did make a few minutes ago, Steve, where it's like we're also a mess just like the Cardinals, but like I feel like we know that. We're mm-hmm. very I think we're a self aware crew, our team. Yeah. I, I, I hope the I think the guys on our teams very much know that. I think Matt Rule knows that. Whereas I, I think like the Cardinals, like, they're under the impression like, hey, we could win the Super Bowl this year. Um and so it's like they don't know that they're a mess. They don't know their ass yet. Um, and we do, and that actually gives us the advantage there. So, and, and that's very, very analytical thinking there, but, 
uh, yeah, yeah, I actually think our players genuinely do love Matt Rule for some reason. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, we're a mess, but like they're like, you're you're a mess, Matt, but you're our mess. Whereas the Cardinals, they're like, they're a bunch of pretty boys, um, including their coach. You know, like he's not like a grit and grind grind type guy. He's a pretty boy. And so I think we can hit him in the mouth. And the Cardinals, didn't they start like 7-0 and last year? And I mean, they yeah. they limped to the finish line, just got worked in the first round of the playoffs by the Rams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like our, our team has never, I guess, experienced a run like that and experienced like, the, you know, the, the exposure of being considered one of the best teams in the league. So that, that's a solid point for sure. Like, you know, our team – that probably is not shocked they're one and two right now. The Cardinals might be, and, and no, okay, they stole they stole that Raiders game. They should be over three. Oh yeah, no, 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 no doubt. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. Um, an important point here though. Um, the Call of Duty beta ended on September twenty six. So, <laughs> <laughs> Kyler will be that, more focused this week. Yeah, that's a factor Probably. to play in. Man, sure. this is really – I will say, like, off topic – I mean, kind of on topic because this is the Cardinals and kind of bouncing off your joke. It's like the Cardinals, They, I feel like they're in one of the weird, toughest situations in the league right now. Oh, it's yeah, strange. They, they just paid all this money to Kyler, and then all this stuff in the new – like, they couldn't just quietly pay him either because all this news got made about the terms of the contract and the video game stuff. Yeah. Um, and then all that stuff comes out. You know, last year they started off hot and finished. They limped to the playoffs, got blown out. And this year they're off to this rough start. And, and in the midst of that, like you said, you know, they give a ton of guaranteed money to Kyler. Um, and it's just – and their coach is now, like, favored to be fired first. I just feel like they're, a, they're not in a good spot right now. It's a very, very weird spot. I, I will say, I made that joke about the Call of Duty thing, but there's, like <laughs> – there's no way that all that stuff is, like, is actually, like – True. I don't know. I can't, I can't like buy buy into it that hard. Like the fact that like like the graphs of him like really struggling when like the release of Call of Duty comes every year. Like I don't know. Like that's so odd to me. But like there's just no way. I, I think though. I think clearly some of that stuff is a coincidence. But there there's no way it's also all false either. Yeah. Like whether we want to believe it or not, because none of us are like pro athletes. There are some pro athletes that genuinely like. They get home from practice and like and they game, yeah. He he just wants to play video games. Or just, I feel that. I mean, I do, do the nothing. same thing. So it's I can't hate on it. Like it's it's life. It is what it is. Right. Like I people don't people don't want to realize that, but like like pro athletes, like I, who was it that talked about it? Oh my gosh. Okay, it was it was actually it was Aaron Rodgers that talked about it. I was listening to him it was in an interview. Um, and I know, yeah, like I love it, Rodgers, but like what somebody asked him the question was, what is a common misconception? about people have what you do. And he said, people completely overestimate like the grind. Like he said, like people genuinely like there, cause there are people out there that act like they're doing something 24 seven. He said, people genuinely probably overestimate like how much they are in the building and just how much they have to do football related. Like he was saying like, we actually probably have a little more free time than some people realize. Um, and so, yeah, like that is like there. So I'm guarantee there are pro athletes out there that kind of do the bare minimum. And then mm-hmm. they just go home and play video games. I don't think it's a direct correlation or that's entirely why Kyler struggles at certain times. But, like, he's most likely, especially given his age, one of those guys, he gets off work and he plays video games. Yeah. You know? And he might not prepare to the same extent that maybe some of these older dudes who, like, were taught that, like, they can't have a life outside of football 
um, work because that's what Ro one thing Roger said. He said the past few years he's been able to become more well-rounded. He started to realize like, hey, like you can make time for other things in your life. That's not to say that none of them work hard, but you get my point. It's like some people genuinely overestimate how much these guys have to like work on football throughout the week. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that kind of got off on a tangent. But, yeah, I think the Cardinals are in a bad place. Um, I do think – I think questions about Kyler's leadership are semi-valid. But – Yeah, I agree. You know, we'll see. I agree with I, that. The last point I'll make, Chase, you said uh, – talk about how much of a mess the Cardinals are. And, like, like I would I would trade spots with them in a second. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I maybe I'm higher on Kyler Murray than you guys, but I think he's a really talented quarterback. Oh, him. I like Kyler. We've seen him play at a high level. So. Yeah. I'm really happy as well. under Cliff Kingsbury, you know, maybe that's not going to happen. But, I, okay, I'll put it this way. If both Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury get fired this offseason, which seems somewhat likely right now, I feel like the Cardinals' job would probably be viewed as more attractive just because of Kyler Murray. I mean, he's mm -hmm. like six years old and, like, <laughs> easily in that tier of guys. Like, you can win a lot of games with him if you just put the right infrastructure around him and who knows when we're going to have a guy like that again. So, but yeah. it is what it is. True. In the same vein though, you could say that we might be so bad that we're looking at Bryce or CJ. That's, that's a good team. point. That's a good point. So a lot of games left to be played. So we'll see how everything shakes out. Yeah. True that um, predictions and let's call it a pod. I think I said 21, 20 Panthers. I'll go with that. Ooh, close one. Chase. I'll say, uh, let's say, uh, I'll say 19 to uh, 17 Panthers. 1917. Yeah, we're going to kick uh, a lot of oh. them. We're four <laughs> <goals>. <laughs> four <laughs> um, I'm leaning Panthers 20, Cardinals 16. All right. But I'm also thinking like Cardinals like 24, Panthers 13. I don't know. I'm between those two, but I'm going to give us the win for now. Three dubs. You heard it here first. Three dubs. We're feeling extra confident after feeling hella not confident last week. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the pod. Follow us on Twitter at the X Clown Show. And we'll we'll catch y'all next week after a Panthers dub, hopefully. Peace. See ya. Peace.